This is the Assumption Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. When dawn breaks, mercies arise. Assumption Church is a Roman Catholic community under the care of the Franciscan Friars Conventual of Our Lady of Angels Province. It is a community of faith which is active in service and its ministries bring the gospel message of peace, reconciliation, and love to Syracuse and all of central New York. Your glory here among us. Great is our Hi, this is Friar Rick again, and I'm continuing my uh, reflections on this border experience that I'm having here in El Paso, Texas. Today, um, what was really remarkable was that we went to uh, a place called the Annunciation House, which for 40 years have been welcoming people um, who need hospitality. And it came out of uh, some young adults wanting to live their lives uh, according to the gospel in the here and now. And we're looking for a, a sense of purpose in their lives. How were they meant to live the gospel? A lot of them had done what was called a, a search retreat and they wanted to live the gospel more fully. And part of the reflection was that um, they realized that the God of scriptures identified primarily with the poor, the vulnerable, the broken. And as they went around the room and thought about it, they realized that none of them were really poor. Um, They had so much. And so in order to find that meaning and purpose, they had to ally themselves and be among the poor. And that's how they decided on this ministry. And they determined that the undocumented were the poorest of the poor in their community. And they decided to make a difference to offer hospitality. And so they have a a very old house, a a building that is uh, a little rough around the edges. and some other buildings nearby and other churches who helped them. And since their foundation 40 years ago, they figured they've helped probably 250,000 people. Um, In this week, they may welcome 600 to 700 people. It's a a pretty amazing um, amount of people that they help. And um, we met the director of uh, Annunciation House, uh, Ruben, who talked to us about how um, frustrated it is for him to see that faith leaders can't come to the same realization that those young adults were able to come to, that um, we don't see that people who are undocumented are the most powerless in our society. And it really makes us uh, accomplices to the mistreatment that migrants face um, by the immigration process. Um, One of the biggest things in the news these days is about um, children being separated from their parents. And so we're gonna talk a little bit more about that later, but you know, what's been happening is that people come and they're seeking asylum, meaning that they are saying that in their country of origin, they are unsafe. They're not, they're not coming as uh, technical refugees. They're not emigrating because it's, it's, they don't have the time for that. 
they come out of situations of tremendous suffering and they need refuge immediately, asylum. Um, and what's happening is that the, uh, the government has taken on this attitude of before they get a chance to actually ask for asylum, they arrest them for breaking the law and entering without a proper visa. And they've started separating, we know the story, separating the children. Um, and so what's been happening is that um, now that the federal courts have forced them to, uh, forced the government to reunify the uh, families, they had about 300 of them in, in, in El Paso, um, they are brought to Annunciation House uh, where they're able to begin their lives again. And one of the questions that I was wondering about is, well, what? Why are these people fleeing? Like, what, what's going on in other parts of the world? And um, it turns out that um, most of them are fleeing Mexico and Central America because of organized crime. Um, and a lot of that is directly related to us. Our hunger and appetite for illicit drugs fuels organized crime in Mexico and Central America. And so you've got millions and billions of dollars coming from the U.S., from Canada, and going into the pockets of drug lords, cartels, and they have tremendous power there. They buy uh, government officials, and they create a state of absolute violence and chaos. Uh, we heard the story of a woman who... Um, had these thugs come into her house and they wanted her son, um, her 18-year-old son. They knew him by name and they kidnapped him um, for extortion. And they wanted um, 200,000 pesos in exchange for his life. And the family went nuts. I mean, they, they, they scrambled, they did what they could and they could only raise 100,000. So when they finally got the phone call to where to go, interestingly enough, they ended up going to a military checkpoint to drop off the money. So you, you start wondering, well, were these government officials, military officials involved in this? When they dropped off the money, they were told where they could go and pick up their son. And as you can imagine, when they arrived there, they found the son was dead. He had a big four-inch hole in the middle of his back going through his body. And it was obvious he'd been there from the beginning. He'd been dead from the very beginning. They had no intention of giving him back. So that kind of horror is what forces people to try to cross the border. So um, I was listening to this and I was feeling pretty crappy and miserable and saying, okay, how do I bring this back to Syracuse? And I was very direct with the guy who was talking to us, Ruben, and I said, you know, I know it's tough, and these people are also have a tough time, but back home, uh, as I said, our families have tough times. You know, you, there's so many of our communities have, don't have adequate jobs, have financial instability, family members on drugs, and they're suffering. Um, and the response I got from Ruben was, was, was interesting. His, his thought was, um, if people are suffering like that, 
you have to listen to their suffering. You have to let them voice their suffering, and you can't try to find answers too quickly. And so we have to respect our experience in central New York. We have to, we have to respect what's going on in our lives. But then uh, the two of us in talking were thinking, you know, maybe there could be a sharing of suffering um, in that maybe we need opportunities where people in the North, people in New York State, in Ohio, in Pennsylvania, people who, who feel that perhaps all these Mexicans are taking their jobs and that the border should be tighter because you know, we have enough tough times uh, finding work for ourselves and our economy is going down the, the toilet. Have some of those people meet some of the people who are on the border, meet some of the people who are desperate to get in, um, to meet some of the um, women here who have lost everything to bring their kids to safety. And he was telling us about this one mom who got into the country with her kids because her eldest son was put through a meat grinder in front of her eyes. I mean, can you imagine that? Your child being thrown into a meat grinder? Like, what would you do in response to that? Wouldn't you get the hell out of that place? Wouldn't you do anything to get away from that? Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I found it just heart, heartbreaking to hear that story. The other thing is that um, there's a lot of changes that have been happening uh, in the economy in Mexico as well. Um, many people who are union members in, in the Northeast of the US and uh, heard about all their jobs going to Mexico might not realize that those, what were $25 an hour jobs in New York didn't turn out to be the same thing in Mexico. A lot of the provisions of NAFTA never happened in terms of um, adequate um, health regulations, adequate salaries. Those people are on subsistence living uh, with those factory jobs. So people in the Northeast lost their jobs. The people in Mexico got crappy jobs and crappy pay. So the question then becomes, who's making out with this whole NAFTA thing? Where's the money? Where's the money going? And that's something that we have to look at. Later in the afternoon, we crossed the border into Mexico and we went to a similar place like Annunciation House. Uh, it's called Casa del Migrante in Juarez. And again, it's about the same, same uh, age. It's 38 years old, providing hospitality for migrants. And they're migrants from all over the Americas. Uh, from Africa, from the Caribbean, and they're people who are uh, in transit to the U.S. Uh, or they're people who have been deported from the U.S. back uh, into Mexico and who have no place to go. And so the Casa del Migrante offers them food, housing, health, and psychological help. Um, one of the ways that these people come to the U.S. is through a train called La Bestia, the Beast. And it's a train that makes its way from South America and travels all the way to the U.S. border. On this train, people are uh, assaulted, robbed, exploited, 
it's a horrible, horrible experience. But people do what they, they have to do, as I said earlier. Um, they risk everything to find a possible future. Um, and when they come here, um, when they try to make a claim of asylum, they are being criminalized. And that's really against the United Nations Convention on uh, Asylum Seekers. Yes, and the church teaches us that the you know, country's borders need to be respected, but there also has to be a provision for people who are experiencing horrible, horrible situations to be able to get out of where they are. And so um, one, of the, one of the challenges is to hold our country accountable um, for admitting people who are claiming asylum status. One of the persons who's done that a lot is the Bishop of um, El Paso, Texas, Bishop Mark Seitz. And at the end of the day, we were able to have some time with him um, to talk about what's going on. Um, and he also, like uh, earlier this morning, reminded us that El Paso has always been a place of passage, a place of movement. And there are a lot of people who have made their home um, in and around uh, El Paso, Juarez, New Mexico. It's a fluid community. And he reminds us that um, the separation of families that has, you know, to some degree stopped now, um, was a horrific experience for families, something that no Catholic should tolerate. Um, and what he's afraid of is that um, the immigration and homeland security administrations are going to replace um, the separation of children and families by imprisoning families together. And so they're in the process of building, I was going to say concentration camps or incarceration camps for families. And he was thinking that is absolutely horrible. What he's experiencing is that more and more ICE and Border Patrol um, who used to be people who were local and understood the situation are becoming much more politicized. And their understanding of the situation is all about the political optics and not about caring for people. From his perspective, um, we have really no choice but to speak out for our uh, brothers and sisters who are the poorest of the poor. And that's what he's committed to do. So uh, it's been, it's been eye-opening to experience this firsthand, to see the faces of people um, and to know what is going on in other countries. And it's, it's friggin' complicated. That's the thing, right? And we don't like complicated stuff. We want to know who's the good guy, who's the bad, bad guy, who's right and who's wrong. Um, you know, when we hear the situations in Venezuela uh, where people are starving and they're, trying, and they're now trying to get into the U.S. because they're hungry or people from Guatemala or Honduras that face tremendous violence, you know, we forget that we as Americans have a part to play in that. Um, in terms of our support for governments that um, 
very oppressive, uh, installing military regimes, creating um, a society that is both uh, exploitative of the poor and also um, gives certain people tremendous riches, you know. So I know it's hard to hear for us because we think of the United States. The United States is an amazing country. It is the most generous country in the world. Um, it's hard for us to hear of hear us being portrayed as less than ideal. And, you know, it's, it's part of the reality. Um, and it's, and it, unless we really look at this reality, unless we confront our demons, we're not going to be able to move forward in a healthy way um, and becoming the best of what America was meant to be. Uh, not a doormat, not taken advantage of, not abused, but yet open to those who are really, really desperate. A place of refuge, a place of welcome, a place where hard-working people can come and make a difference. Anyways, I'm not too sure what to do with all this. Uh, my head is kind of spinning, and um, I just wanted to share it with you. And uh, I know for some of you, maybe uh, might think this is way too political. What's he talking about? I'm I'm barely a, an American, a U.S. citizen, two years. What do I know? Um, I know what my heart feels, and I know what I see with my own eyes. Um, and I think the best way forward is, I think one of the things that we may need to do is to start getting people to meet each other uh, at the border. So tomorrow, um, the priests are here with me. Uh, we're going to be doing, learning about how to how to present our message effectively um, in the media. And then on Friday, we will be holding a prayer service at the wall, at the fence, on the border with the bishop and with leaders of other faiths as well. So it's going to probably be a very emotional time. Um, I'll be coming back to you with some more information. And um, if you want to check my Facebook page, that of the parish, uh, at Assumption SYR, um, I'm going to have pictures from all the stuff that I, uh, I'm talking about in this podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. I know it's a little bit hard, um, and I wish, you, um, uh, I wish you an open heart to be able to, to hear this and to really discern where is Jesus calling us as a community. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Assumption Church Podcast. To listen to more episodes, connect with us in our community, or join us for worship, please visit assumptionsyr.org.